Hey, and welcome to The Living Stone, a digital ministry from Greystone Baptist Church in Raleigh, North Carolina. Here's this week's scripture reading and sermon. The scripture reading today is from Psalm 145. I will extol you, my King and my God, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. His greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall laud your works to another and declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on the wondrous works, I will meditate. The might of your awesome deeds shall be proclaimed, and I will declare your greatness. They shall celebrate the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all and his compassion is over all he has made. All the works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and all of your faithful shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power to make known to all people your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful in his words and gracious in his deeds. The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand, satisfying the desire of every living thing. The Lord is just in all his ways, and kind in all his doings. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desire of all who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak and praise of the Lord, and the flesh will bless his holy name forever and ever. The word of God for the people of God. Preaching the Psalms is different from preaching any other book of Scripture because the book itself is so unique. Um, Even when you go to the commentaries, there may be pages and pages and pages on any given verse of any other piece of Scripture, whereas you might find a paragraph on the entire chapter of Psalm 145. One of the little nuggets I found when I was researching for this moment was that in many ways, Psalm 145, which Emily read so beautifully just now, um, it is not only an overture for the last five chapters of the book, which is its purpose kind of functionally in that piece of literature, but it's an overture for the entire work, uh, for the entire book of the Psalms, because it is a song of praise an ancient liturgy, praising God no matter the circumstance. So today I want to offer a word of comfort based on Psalm 145. Close your eyes 
close your eyes and think about your comfortable place. What are your most comfortable places? Close your eyes and put yourself there. What do they feel like? What do they smell like? Taste like? Sound like? I wish you could see the smiles on your faces. For me, comfort is sitting in a well-worn Lazy Boy recliner. You know the kind that are 40 years old and the leather is cracking because they have been so loved over the years. For me, comfort is a warm, bready, brothy smell like my mom's Thanksgiving dressing. Or maybe it's just her chicken soup. Comfort is my dad's voice on the other end of the line saying, don't worry, it's okay, we're going to figure it out, we'll, we'll take care of it. Comfort is the pillow that supports my head after a long taxing day. Comfort is knowing where my child is at night, that she is safe and healthy and whole. Comfort is the feeling of being wrapped in my husband's arms after a week on the road. Comfort is familiar and reliable. Comfort is personal. Comfort is sometimes predictable, and yet comfort is never in the least boring. Perhaps because comfort reminds us of the stories that hold us that nurture us, the stories in which we belong, the stories that remind us that we are loved, the stories that remind us that we are part of something so much bigger than just ourselves. I used to think that comfort was something only for children, You know, comfort was what newborns needed when they cried out in the middle of the night, unable to soothe themselves. That comfort was really like a Band-Aid on top of a skinned knee, there to soothe and distract from the fresh sting of pain or injury. But the older I get and the more I experience, I see that comfort is something we all deeply long for. Comfort is that elusive place of security when the shocking news comes, when the financial plan isn't quite working out the way we thought it might, when a loved one passes away, when everything once certain seems to be coming undone. Maybe in these incredibly uncertain times, comfort is the healing balm that our world so desperately needs. Oh, if there were a lazy boy big enough for all of us. When we are younger, in many cases, comfort is literally right around the corner. Awakened by a nightmare, children call and a parent comes rushing in. But as we grow older, We have to find ways to tend to the fears that awaken us in the darkest of nights. 
And there are plenty of things that claim to provide this comfort for which we are searching, usually something that money can buy, like a nicer car or a bigger house or more wiggle room in that budget. But sometimes there are other things, not monetary things, things like popularity or social status or maybe even professional achievement. If we could just buy this or have that or earn our way into one group or another, surely the stings of pain wouldn't hurt so bad. At least that's what we tell ourselves. Most of the time, you know, we don't even have to go looking for those creature comforts. They find us all on their own because we live in a world, we are immersed in a culture that these things, these creature comforts have created. James K.A. Smith, one of my favorite church scholars, calls these things our secular liturgies. Our secular liturgies, the rhythms of our lives that engage us as we engage them. These are the regular things like work and play, the usual interactions and transactions that fill up our days. And we have come to believe that if we do them well, If we live right, if we give it our best go, that comfort is sure to follow. But Smith says that these things we do, they do something to us as well. These secular liturgies that fill our lives, they shape us, they mold us, they teach us, they make us into the kinds of people that we are, and they train us to keep on coming back over and over again, ready to give a little bit of ourselves in exchange for the things that promise some version of the good life, the comfortable life. But here's the thing. These secular liturgies, they provide cultural comforts that are finite, and their power is quickly exhausted as life moves on. If we ever want to free ourselves from their relentless pace, we will have to find another, more eternal source of comfort. Well, lucky for us, there is another source. You see, for thousands of years, people have turned to God for help in times of distress, and God has been a source of comfort. And all of Scripture really tells that story. Remember all the many ways that God has been present with God's own people? And while we would all certainly love for God's comforting presence to be as tangible and real as the stories we read in the Bible, like think about the burning bush and the way that God was present there with Moses. Remember the pillars of cloud and fire that led the Hebrew people through the wilderness. Remember that time when Jesus met the woman at the Samaritan well and gave her living water, eternal comfort she could literally drink and take in. Remember the wine that Jesus conjured up at the wedding when it was running out and running dry? Wouldn't it be amazing if God's comfort would show up in our lives in such a way. 
But more often what I have found is the presence of God seems to show up in the less miraculous ways, like in the testimony of the Psalms. One of my professors used to say that most of the Bible is made up of God's words to humankind, but the Psalms are made up of humans' words to God. The Psalms are our words back to God. And through these words, these human words uttered to God in prayer and song and praise, we find a timeless and inexhaustible resource for comfort. Through these words, our voices can join into the ancient chorus of others who have been exactly where we are. And their words can provide words for us when we don't have words ourselves. Many of you already know this. In fact, you teach me this very important truth when we visit with one another in those most vulnerable and painful and broken times. So often you quote back to me, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Sometimes when we feel lost and when we are beginning to wonder if God is with us, we remember God's presence in our lives through the words of Psalm 139. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit and when I rise, you discern my thoughts from far away. Even before a word is on my tongue, O God, you know it. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. Comfort. Embarrassing as this is to confess, even as your preacher, even as your pastor, somebody who studies the word of scripture daily, somebody who takes it seriously and thinks about how scripture is coming to life in our world, sometimes I forget how much comfort there is to be found in just reading these words and sharing them with one another. I remember one uh, one powerful teacher from Greystone. Her name was Alice Dickens. And I remember visiting with Alice in the early months of the pandemic and in the immediate aftermath of the death of her husband. I visited with her expecting her to be completely rattled and falling apart as anyone would be after losing a partner of more than 70 years. And she told me that she was doing okay. She said, I'm sad, but I'm okay. And somehow, I actually believed her. Alice was okay because Alice was finding comfort in Scripture. 
She was spending her days memorizing the Psalms. And in the midst of that conversation, in which I went to listen and console her, Alice went on quoting Psalm after Psalm after Psalm. She went on and on. And as her litany moved forward, she was comforting me with the ancient words of the Psalms. She was comforting me as she recited verse after verse. And I worried about whether or not the church would ever have a place in the post-COVID world, Alice reminded me that the church would have a place because God's word had a place in the post-COVID world. It's the memory of Alice. It's the sound of her voice and her absolute assurance that the word of scripture would comfort her even in her darkest night. It was Alice's faith that comforted me through the words of the Psalms in a time of great fear and worry. Alice Dickens passed away earlier this year, and as her family gathered for the funeral, they told stories about her life. And as the stories carried on and on about this remarkable woman, I began to notice a common theme that ran through each of them. Alice's whole life was characterized by scripture, by reading and remembering and reciting scripture. The reading that she had done, the memorization that she was working on when I visited with her after Mel's death was not a new thing at all for her. It was not a quick fix or a distraction from a moment of crisis. No, this was her daily liturgy, her rhythm of life her chosen and intentional way of being. And in it, she found her eternal source of comfort. You see, Alice had long ago traded the secular liturgies, those claiming to calm all fear and worry for an eternal source of wisdom and truth and comfort. Through the reading of scripture, Alice joined her voice with a chorus of ancestors praising God in every situation. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever. For the Lord is near to all who call on God. He hears their cry and watches over all who love him. Psalm 145. And as she read and recited and remembered these words, Alice found comfort in the storied poetry of the psalmist. One generation shall laud your works to another. Also, Psalm 145. And Alice did that for me. She reminded me that though the storms of life may rage, God is not silent. God is not distant. God is right here still speaking words of comfort through the words of scripture. So where do you go? Where do you go to find comfort? Is it your family, your friends, your job, your smartphone? Where do you go in your darkest nights when you are searching for love and affirmation, for assurance that everything is really going to be okay, for a reminder that your life has meaning and purpose, for the promise that you are part of something so much bigger than yourselves. 
maybe you've come here today looking for just those things. I mean, if you read the bulletin, you would have seen the title of the sermon was Comfort. Well, friends, I cannot calm the storms that rage in your life, but God can. And I can add my voice to the generation of choruses, to the witnesses who have proclaimed God's goodness in every circumstance. And I know without a doubt because of Alice and countless others who have comforted me through scripture in the same way that if we are faithful, if we allow the words of scripture to ring through our lives on the good days and the bad days, we will find comfort. We will. And we might even be able to comfort those around us. So if you will, close your eyes just one more time. Clear your mind of every distraction and allow the words of the psalm to hold you like a well-worn, lazy boy recliner. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all, and his compassion is over all that God has made. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and all your faithful shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his words and gracious in all his deeds. The Lord is faithful in all his words and gracious in all his deeds. The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. The Lord is near. The Lord is near. The Lord is near to all who call on him. He hears their cry and saves them. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord and bless God's holy name forever and ever and ever. Amen. <laughs>